Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Hello, listener. We are marching in pod. This is episode three of the new season. We're back sooner than you might have anticipated. Uh, We're not just doing that because we got our first three points of the season, but the new weekly cadence or turnaround in our pods is here. And also here is Sam Appleton. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, good, mate. Much better after a win as always. And uh, looking forward to discussing three points away from home. You don't win anything with kids. Well, you win 2-1 at the King Power <laughs> in mid to late August. Uh, it took us, I was thinking about this before we came on. Did it take us seven games or eight games last season to win our first league game? We didn't win until October, was it mid-October or early yeah. October we won when we beat Leeds? Beat Leeds, yeah. yeah. And then we beat, we beat Watford after that. But yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a while. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, nicer to get those first three points. Probably sooner than than some expected. I guess looking at our first few fixtures, people were probably highlighting last week as the one where the three points might come sooner than anywhere else. But yeah, just a hell of an away day. Um, Saints fans in, in good voice, good uh, yeah spirits leaving Leicester. Sam, let's just dive straight in. Shay Adams, we've got to keep him, right? Yeah, we've got to keep him. He's the big, he's the one striker who's a focal point in our team, and he's capable of scoring goals like he did yesterday. I mean, the amount of he scored, I mean, four or five worldies since he's been in the club. He does miss. He, he's a sort of striker that misses easy chances from time to time, but does come out with the occasional worldie, and also he's a real handful for defenses. I mean, the, it was almost like the perfect thing to, to come on yesterday when Leicester went ahead. Their fans almost, it's almost straight away. It was weird because they went ahead, but their fans just seemed really nervous. I mean, I wasn't there. Yeah. You were. It probably, you could turn the ground. But on, even on the, on the video, on the match feed I was watching, it just seemed like Leicester fans were massively nervous. They, they started giving the ball away a couple of times after Madison scored. And then once we went, once we equalised, it just seemed like there was only one team that was going to win. And, yeah, it was, it was great character to come back and what a substitution. I mean, I was a bit... When it happened, I was like, oh, why is he taking Mara off and not Armstrong? I, mean, I, I, I thought Mara was was good. I thought he'd be sort of offered a bit more than Armstrong, but I think Armstrong was probably more, more there for his defensive side of things yesterday. He tracked back well on the left to help Gineppo out. And, um, yeah, great substitution. Yeah, you're completely right about the atmosphere in the ground, by the way. And I spent a couple of hours with a close mate of mine who's a Leicester fan and said the collapse at 2-0 against Brentford was kind of a bit of a disaster. And Rodgers ultimately got the blame for that. I think there was a bizarre substitution where he brought off maybe a midfielder for Dakar to try and stretch the game. Um, 
against Brentford and ultimately all control went out of the game. I don't think Leicester really controlled the game at any point and ultimately relied on, yeah, a, a kind of great bit of individual sort of brilliance from Madison. It was a very good free kick, very well struck. We can get on to, um, you know, maybe the wall and Bazunu in a sec, but it was just bizarre, complete collapse at one nil up. They, they looked nervous. They couldn't really string a pass together and, you know, sort of being on the receiving end of a side doing that against Saints was relatively nice, given our record under Ralph at dropping points from losing positions. But in back-to-back weeks now, we've picked up points from losing positions. So it's it's just so much, you know, positivity from, I think, both of the turnarounds. I must say, I didn't think we were great before that goal went in, but as soon as it did, we we just kicked into life and you know Leicester were basically capped you know we were camped in Leicester's half and Leicester could not get out yeah absolutely I mean it was um the second half was a really strange one because even when they went one nil up Leicester they just hadn't really created a lot I mean they had a lot of the ball in the first half and other than that shot that Harvey Barnes dragged wide I wasn't ever massively worried about what they were doing. I mean, you just you always have in the back of your mind we're gonna make some sort of error and our defense is gonna gonna fold. But no, they were apart from one or two occasions, our defense looked pretty solid. I mean the fact we've gone back gone back to a back four is just what plays into our strengths. We we've seen in the past, as I as I said last week, that our defenders aren't aren't great. And if you put another centre back in there it's sort of there's too many cooks. It spoils as to make it spoil the broth as as, as the saying goes, and too many defenders sort of spoil, spoil our all our team. <laughs> and um no Bella Kotchap looked I mean he looked like an absolute monster at times yesterday. He was he was superb and um Salisa was sort of back to his old self. Walker Peters was ex I mean Walker Peters it sort of, it sort of goes without saying now, doesn't it? That Walker Peters is excellent mm. every time he plays for us. And Ginepa, I mean, I'm probably one of his biggest biggest critics, but he did well yesterday. I mean, I still don't think he's the solution there at all. I don't think one one swallow doesn't make a summer. But even going going forward, he looked more confident yesterday. He made the right decision a lot more than he has been. Going and at the back, he had he had help from Salisu. He had help from our midfielders coming back, like Elianusi and Armstrong, sort of helped him out a bit. And yeah, it was it was the brightest he's probably played in a long time and out of position. And fair play to him. Yeah. So the big call, I guess, going into this was, would we revert to the back four? And ultimately, without Perode being fit, without kind of that recognised left back, I went into it thinking we probably would still try and persist with that five. But all of Ralph's comments after the game, and obviously the fact that we went with four, <laughs> seemed to be that ultimately he he wanted to go with that particular system. And we just look so much more settled defensively. I think your point on, yeah, there being not an extra body at the back, but also just in terms of just not looking that vulnerable. And I appreciate it's one game against a pretty poor Leicester side. Like they were poor pretty much for 90 minutes, as you said, didn't create a lot. But I, I do just think in terms of that shape, we did look really, really solid. And that I think we'll, we'll kind of focus on the defence for this first bit. but the importance of a player that is 
so good at recovering the ball so quick over those first few yards and ultimately just has that tenacity to win the ball back and do the right thing defensively in Romeo Lavia is such a big difference I think for us like having that in the in that sort of hole and in front of a defensive unit whether it's a five or a four is just it's just huge like I mean watching him in the flesh again you just realize what a monster of a player we've got I I feel so fortunate that obviously he's come to Saints but I think we should enjoy him while he's here because he is destined I think for the very very top of the game yeah I mean obviously we both just watched Man City against Newcastle and uh it probably will, in a couple of years, there's a very good chance he'll be playing alongside all these players because I think they'll they'll be all over that buyback clause because he's yeah he's so, he had a couple of iffy moments in the first half he gave the ball away I think it was that Barnes chance that he it was yeah yeah he, he gave the ball away for but other than that he was immaculate yeah and yeah it's just like we've almost up, I wouldn't say upgraded on Romelu because he's been he's been there seven years Romelu and he's been a, a good servant for us. And it does seem like we've sort of it's, we just progressed beyond him almost because he's he, I wouldn't say he's, he's not aging because he's only in his early thirties, but his legs aren't what they were. And Lavia's got that, I say that bit of pace across the ground. He can track back and get, win the ball back very quickly. And he's got a bit more of a um, positive instinct to go forward when he wins mm. the ball rather than sort of Romeo. He's a very safe player, Romeo. Never never even let you down, but. Lavia just seems a bit more dynamic and obviously there's been the rumours in the last week about Romelu leaving. I personally wouldn't let him go. I would I would love him as backup to more prowess from Lavia, but probably at this stage of his career, he probably doesn't want that. So you do wonder whether Lavia coming in does mean the end of Romelu at Saints. But as I say, I hope not, but you wouldn't blame him if he didn't if he did want to move on. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that impressed me about both Belakotchap, who you've called out already, who had a really good game, I thought. And again, that that power and pace that ultimately Jan Bednarek doesn't have. In Oriol Romeo, we don't have it. But just having that in those defensive moments is so, so important. But one thing I also liked about Lavia and Belakotchap, you saw this basically in the last few minutes of the game, just that little bit of needle and not kind of being afraid to yeah, ultimately sort of bark back at opponents and also get your get your foot in. And I think that's reassuring in terms of the mentality that we've got in those two players. But I also think it was quite good gamesmanship in that we were trying to waste time. And late on in the game, Belakotchap and Lavia sort of concocted a couple of situations where they knew players would get involved and it would cause a little bit of, you know, argy-bargy for a few moments. But it was just quite smart, I thought. And you see that with Lavia on the ball. Like he just seems like such a smart footballer. There was a couple of moments both against Leeds and um, against Leicester where he just delays playing a pass like the perfect second to open up the whole pitch. Whereas I think sometimes with Romeo and Ward Prowse, because they don't really want to make that mistake, they'll play the pass first time just backwards sometimes. So if they receive the ball with their back to the rest of the pitch, they'll play it back straight away. Whereas Lavia just trust his ability that much just to kind of take a touch and wait and assess the situation ultimately that sometimes puts us on the the front foot or has done at the, at the last couple of games obviously he had a really good debut as well I was actually thinking this is mad and obviously won't happen but has a player ever impressed so much within their first few games that they get picked up <laughs> before the end of that first window that they're there for because there's plenty of Premier League teams who 
have a real hole in that kind of defensive central midfield role. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd like to think you'd like to think not, but um, <laughs> I do try and have a bit of caution when I see someone have a few good games early on. But he does seem the real deal. This guy, so, I mean, I've seen play. I remember, remember when Mario Lamina first came into our team. I was like, "Jesus, this guy is different level. What is he doing playing for us?" I remember it was Crystal Palace away. He made his debut and he absolutely ran it. And then the next, then a couple of games, games later, you're like, oh yeah, that's why Juventus didn't play him. That's why that he got let go. But, um, that's why we've signed him. The games mentioned was good because it's been quite often in games in the past where we've just been too nice. We haven't been that sort of team. And we've had it, obviously, we've had incidences over the past few years where Wal Prowse has sort of been the instigator of things, wound up certain players. And we've had, obviously, Jack Stevens was last season with Bruno Fernandes with that famous picture of him. Yeah, it's, it's sort of nice that the young players are buying into that. And I don't mind a bit of gamesmanship from time to time, a bit of shithoundery. It's, it's um, it doesn't hurt. It definitely doesn't hurt. And if it helps us to win, then it's a massive, massive bonus. Yeah. I guess shades of, well, I, I just thinking about our two goals. I think the first one is really smart by shade to take up the position he does. You can sort of see that it's, it looks choreographed. I don't know if it's specifically something that we were looking to do from that throw-in situation. I mean, Salis's throw-ins for the last eighteen months have been sort of, yeah, met with derision from the Saints fan base because we do have a bit me and me and my mate who goes to games do have a running joke about is how bad his throw-ins are but we have, yeah. we have scored from a couple of them now we've yeah yeah I know Spurs <laughs> at home last season we did and yeah. it's both times is where the balls drop down and obviously it's a bit more a bit neater yesterday where Bella Kotchap um, yeah. controlled it and played it off to him whereas the I think the Wolf Prowse one against Spurs last season was sort of a bit of deflection that came back to him and he, yeah, and he, yeah 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 it was a nice finish but yeah it's it's a good, it's a good weapon to have if we can exploit it. I mean, it's, it's hardly like Rory Delap or Dave Challoner, is it? It's not like massively bombing into the box. They're sort of very loopy, but I know. I, I don't. Know. I don't. We're never. We're never trying to head it in straight, straight in the net from those throw-ins. It's always going to be. It's always to cause. It's 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 to cause chaos, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, I was watching Brentford last week, um, and kind of thought that there's an element of with their set pieces they're never really looking to score from the first one they often have someone like tony who peels off to the back post but you know to to kind of head it back across and actually if we do work on certain set plays like that then i'm all for it because i think you can definitely gain an edge but it's a lovely layoff from bellicott chap and obviously shays just sort of strokes it in and justin can't do anything about on the line but the second goal there were very much shades of the two goals that we scored to win the game at at um, Tottenham Hotspur last season. Yeah, I mean, and it's probably our two best players linking up to to create the goal, isn't it? All Prowse and Walker Peters, the our two outstanding yeah. players. And I mean, the finish from Adams is just is, is excellent. He gets in between the, the, the defenders, and yeah, it was, it was a great moment. It must have been great in the stadium to celebrate like that. Because I did hear a few chants from the Leicester fans of when the Saints go nine nil down. Was that right? And, uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I think for probably about three minutes when they went one a lot, the Leicester fans did sing yeah. a little bit. Um, I mean, it was nowhere near as loud as Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it wasn't much. There was also the the old sort of cupping of the ears from from Shea or, or maybe fingers in the ears. I don't know if he was, it was of relevance to, you know, Perez, but there's, <laughs> that, that celebration is sort of, yeah, did- was what he did. 
I didn't quite notice the fingers in the ears. I think it was a bit more. I wonder whether it was a bit more the speculation about him leaving. I don't think it was like. Yeah. Because if someone asked me to, one of my mates asked me today, oh, is it because he's been getting criticised by the fans? I went, no, all the fans wanted him to be in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Anything but. Anything but. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But no, I did Sam, enjoy. I enjoyed how we nullified. I mean, Vardy was pretty anonymous yesterday. Yeah. He, he did that blatant dive in the first five minutes, which was just ridiculous. And, um, I was I found Rogers' substitutions a bit baffling. We took off, but near the end, I thought Harvey Barnes was probably their most dangerous player. Mm. When he took him off, was it was that who came, who Daka came on for? Was it Ianacho? One of the, one of the two. I think Ianacho came on for Barnes. Actually, I think Daka yeah. came on earlier. So Vardy and one other were the first substitutions. Yeah, when Barnes went off, I was, I was delighted. I thought he was their most dangerous player by by quite a long way. Yeah, yeah. He has that kind of running style where. You like know he's obviously a very talented player as well, but you're just concerned because he can kind of get at players and you know cut inside, and you're concerned about what he would do. But yeah, I mean the XG across the game, I think they had an XG of 0.2 compared to ours, which was yeah I think maybe closer to 1.5. Which you know to to go away to a side that ultimately has been consistently top ten. I know there is unrest ultimately at the club, and players look like they're probably on their way out, and the finals in the stands and stuff, but. Ultimately, we, we sort of, you know, dominate it from as soon as that that goal went in, and I think that is a really positive sign. Just yeah, quickly on Shea, sorry, go on, sorry. Go on mate. No. go on Shea. Just, yeah, I, one's I, I, completely I different. One's a completely different subject. <laughs> well, exactly. So let me say, I want to say on Shea because yeah, you know yeah. how much I love the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, against Leeds and yesterday, I feel like he's getting really smart or smarter at using his body. In the sense that, like, I feel like when the ball's been played up to him pretty much every time, he's not really allowed the centre-back to get their head in it. Whether we've, you know, he's been able to bring it down. I mean, you know, ultimately that's what created the the equaliser last week. And again, numerous times did that happen when he came on yesterday. But I just, obviously, he's always been like a strong guy. But I think sometimes he's not really used his body in the right way. But it was like clear that going more direct to him is actually paying off and if we're going to do more of that then he he seems crucial to keep yeah he has to play I think for me he's got to be it's got to be him and one other ideally one other that comes in in the next 10 days but um yeah when he when he's on form and he fancies it he's a handful for any defense in the league as he's shown against all the teams he's scored against in the last couple of years scored goals against City, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs away from home obviously and um Mm. And obviously, he's that really good finish at United as well. And um, yeah, yeah, he's he's a handful of all defenses, and uh, I, I never wanted him to go at all, especially with Brozier going back and obviously long leaving Ings in the last year. There's no no way we should be letting him go as well. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, isn't it? Over the last you know two weeks of the window, I think we said as much last week, but the rumours effectively since we finished that podcast or finished recording on that really ramped up with regards to Shea specifically again, um, you know, looking like he might be moved on. And then, you know, in terms of incomings, the I guess it's the Benfica striker Ramos seems to be the one that is the biggest rumour right now. How much, you know, I guess credence there is in terms of those rumours and whether he'll come. It seems like a big fee, but a highly talented player who lot, maybe could play clubs, in... A lot of clubs in for him as well, isn't there? That you yeah. probably think can probably outmuscle us, outmuscle us financially. So, I mean, 
I don't know if anything about the guy really. If he doesn't, if he comes in great. But if not, I'm not going to be devastated about us getting beaten to the punch by someone who's going to pay a lot more money than us. We will. I'm sure. I'm sure the club will bring someone in. We just have to see who it is. I mean, yeah. Thinking about Leicester yesterday, they almost seemed like in a state of transition. It's not quite what we were a few years ago because they've obviously had sustained success where they've almost got in the Champions League and won the FA Cup and I mean the league win was a long time ago now but it just seems like there's a lot of players there that if they had the opportunity to leave they would I mean obviously Fafana seems like he's on the way out Tiedemans didn't play yesterday well, didn't start yesterday which I found odd mm. Roger said isn't that his, his, um, his head wasn't in that either it just seems like they could get cherry picked a lot in the next year and um they don't seem to be yeah. able to. They don't seem to want to be able to spend any money at the moment. Which is, I don't know. I don't know what you mates said about it yesterday, but but I, I think it is FFP related. I think they're in a difficult financial situation, is what he was saying. But there's a few contrasting rumours. I think the financial situation is complex. I think how much faith there is in Rogers is is also up for debate right now. I think the fan base is really starting to turn, and also that isn't to say that he hasn't done an excellent job. Of course he has, but. I think it probably feels like it, it's time for a change. I know Vardy signed a new deal, but a kind of whole sweet changing of the guard across that 11 really wouldn't surprise me in the coming at least 12 months or so. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Sam, I think we've covered the Leicester game enough. We're going to talk a little bit about our two games this week coming up. So first off, Tuesday night, it's the first competitive meeting between Saints and Cambridge. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got my ticket for Tuesday. Nice new ground to tick off. And um, yeah, looking forward to going. I mean, you expect changes in the team. I mean, Walprouse will probably play, as he always does. <laughs> but I can't I can't pick our lineup at all because there's clearly players that weren't aren't being selected in the squad because they're Futures are up in the air, or they're on their way out of the club, like a Redmond, like a Stevens. Mm. You wonder about McCarthy and Bednarek as well. I'd be surprised if he starts. If, if the rumours about Villa are, are true, yep. So yeah, I mean, I don't really know because um, I think there's an under twenty three game on Friday as well. I saw, so I can't imagine there'll be loads of those chucked in for Tuesday. And also, I mean, they're. Obviously, a decent side, decent enough side. Cambridge one away at St James's Park and the FA Cup in January, so they'll give us a good challenge. And yeah, we need to be on it to to get through. Yeah, agreed. I was thinking of a few sort of more fringe players that might play. I guess the likes of Diallo Walcott was on the bench yesterday. I would assume they will will feature. Um, but just on the under twenty threes, I hadn't really considered any fixtures for those this week, but. Potentially someone like a, a JJ Morgan, who I know has been um, training with the Don Ballard as well, maybe with the first team. And yeah, Don Ballard, I, I would kind of, I'd like to see them involved in the match day squad. I think, you know, them training is is part of the picture, but ultimately we've bought, I think, really shrewdly in terms of the, the youth market over the summer. But we also need to show that there's that pathway for players that, that kind of are developed by us. I know. I think we've now confirmed the signing of at least one of the two very young Spurs players that we're taking on. And people that know those two really well say that they're without a doubt two of the better players in England for their age group right now. So 
Like I think there's a lot of cause for optimism around that that youth team setup, um, and another win for our our relatively young um, under what is it is it twenty ones now twenty threes um, yeah on, on Friday night. So look, I think it would be good to see a couple of those people involved, and I don't know who maybe will will play in nets. Maybe it will be in McCarthy, but I'm confident we can go there and 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 progress. But like you say, it's not going to be easy. No, maybe give a. Adam Armstrong, I'd probably give Adam Armstrong another game as well. Just be nice for him to get a goal. Yeah. Which would be be great for his confidence. I mean, I remember the, the Newport game about this time last year. I think, is it was that Brogia's first goal for us? And then he yeah. got a couple on that game. Then Elia Nussi got a hat trick. And so all of a sudden he was in goal scoring form. So it's an opportunity for players to, to A, get into a bit of form or B, push, their opportunity, push themselves into a place, hopefully into a first team place. I mean, Someone like Darnell Simu maybe may come into the team. You'd imagine the anchor will probably start. I don't know who will play at fullback in terms of maybe maybe a Jake Vokins, Valerie. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what sort of team he goes with on Tuesday. He never seems to go weak for cup games, Ralph. He can't be guilty of what like a Pochettino or a Truman did in their time here where they sort of sacked off a couple of cup games where we, sh- where we should have gone for it. I don't think Ralph will, will do that. Yeah. No, I agree. I guess given we're kind of talking about the wider squad right now, Sam, before we pivot to the United game, let's maybe dig into the the kind of transfer rumours that have circulated. Bednarek seems to be the the latest one. How much, yeah, I've kind of a feeling towards, yeah, let's just get this done and get him moved on, do you have? I do, but there's been a couple more rumours today about maybe it's going to turn into a loan move, which isn't really, but I think I'd probably rather keep him as backup if, we are going to play a four with Salita and Belakotra as the centre-backs. Although they may not want to stick around and be back up to those two with the World Cup coming up in a few months. But, um, yeah, if we can get good money for him, 10 to 15 million pounds from a Villa, Villa or even a West Ham, someone like that been linked with him, then, yeah, it's a good deal, I think. Mm. And Stevens, the Watford rumour, sort of seemed to be gathering pace last week. Been, a, again, a good servant for the club, but... I think ultimately we've both agreed on the podcast that if we want to progress, then someone like a Jack Stevens, we ultimately know who the player is, know what we're getting from him. He shouldn't really be getting minutes, Premier League minutes for us. Yeah, he's got he's he's done done well at times, Stevens. Obviously, he's um he's done, done I think I've said before on the podcast that he did very well out of that Van Dyke injury in the Leicester game before the cup final. <laughs> And he's got, almost got 100 Premier, over 100 Premier League appearances out of it. And he's done, for what we paid for him, and how, obviously came through from Plymouth, we couldn't have really asked for anything more. But he's just not at the level that is needed. He's good as backup, but obviously he probably wants to be playing at this stage in his career. And if he goes to Watford, it's probably a good move for him. Yeah. You know what? When I saw that, I was like, fair play, Jack. I think, you know, getting... Consistent starts for a decent championship side, one that will be likely competing again for for promotion. I appreciate some of their team is likely getting picked off by teams pretty much as we speak, but I think that just seems like a smart move. And if we get any fee for him, brilliant. But yeah, I think it's time to move someone like a Stevens on. Um, in terms of incomings, we touched on um, Gonzalo Ramos. James Garner rumour won't really go away either, will it? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see a lot of him last season. I saw a couple of games of Forrest on TV last season. He looks a, looks a real player. 
if we can get if the save Romeo does go get moved on or Diallo gets moved on and we brought him in I'll be delighted he, he looks very saintsy <laughs> just like a young player from a from a, a big Premier League side <laughs> and he looks a good looks a good prospect and yeah I mean if he does come in then then great it's, it's another another good player to have in midfield but whether I don't know where he starts at the moment with Walpress and Lavia. Hmm. But you'd imagine it's Lavia's first season as a um, starter in the in the in the Premier League. He's not going to probably not going to be able to play thirty eight games and will have injuries. So yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, one one to get excited about. I think he's a, he's a good little player if it yeah. does go through. Yeah, I kind of feel the same about it in that you know make the signing sign a very good young player and and hopefully we'll fit him in somehow let's not kind of overthink it too much but i guess my initial reaction on is we've got other holes that we probably need to fill first but if we have a player that's that talented and was ultimately one of the championship's best players at the age of 21 last season and most people at united who who have been involved with him rate him very highly it seems like a smart move i just hope that's not you know sort of it's not uh it's it's him and you know a couple of others that we we look to to get specifically in defensive areas i think if we are likely to move on um both bednarek and, and stevens um let's talk about united 12 30 kick up on the saturday what are your thoughts i mean obviously they play tomorrow night they've had a disastrous start to the season um they're going to bring in it's probably going to be Casemiro's debut, so they'll be. You'd assume so, yeah. Excited about that. It's a, I mean, he's a he's a he's a very good player, but they brought in very good players before. It's not worked, so it's about time we beat them at St Mary's. I mean, I'll be honest, I've never seen Saints beat Man United at St Mary's because I wasn't at the. I've been to so many Saints United games at St Mary's, but I missed one. It was the one we beat them when Beatty scored that last minute header. We haven't beaten them since 2000, 2003. So, so no, 19 years now. And yeah, it's about time we did them. The amount of times we've taken the lead against them at home. I remember the Van Persie game with that hat trick. Mark Hughes' last game where we let a two goal lead slip. Yeah. Seen, yeah. Obviously, last season we took the lead and could have won it late on. It just seems to be almost, we took the lead at home to Maine, I just think. We know what's coming here. But they're there to be got at. They're not very good. <laughs> that, that's the thing. They, they will get. They will get better as the season goes on. It has to happen. They're not going to stay down down where they are in the league for the rest of the season. But they've lost their last seven away games. They're there to be got at. And what now we have got three points on the board. With again against Leicester yesterday, then yeah, there's nothing to lose against them. Let's give it a go. Yeah, I would like us to properly attack them and create kind of that atmosphere that effectively happened last week against Brentford. And, and as you said, quite rightly, there's a fixture between when we're speaking now on Sunday and when we'll play United. Who knows what the reaction will be against Liverpool tomorrow night? It's a massive game, you know, probably in terms of performance more than anything for for Ten Hag and, and United. Um, but it's just going to be a really interesting one to see what else they do maybe in the next week when it comes to incomings because yeah we we kind of we've spoken about it a little bit within this podcast but also our overall strategy you know we fielded 
the youngest Premier League eleven since 2017 in terms of average age. And that, I think, was actually United in a game that didn't really matter too much. May 2017, I think I read. And this that, that would have been be... United resting loads of players for the Europa League final, I think. Mate, great knowledge. I knew there was something in it because it was a, I think it was a May fixture against someone like a Palace anyway. But it just doesn't seem to be a coherent joined up strategy in terms of their transfers. I, I kind of have some faith that Ten Hag will get, you know, a, a team sort of well drilled in terms of both pressing and what they do in possession. But you obviously haven't seen that. And there does seem this sort of spaghetti at the wall approach to, to who they're bringing in. Whereas for us, like, it's so positive to see the sort of the the newer players, the players that we were obviously excited about because they're kind of young, exciting players that we signed over the summer. Like they're already delivering Premier League points for us. We've turned around two games that looked, you know, to be slipping away from us. We have to go into this game with confidence, and I just really want us to attack them specifically with someone like an Adams, maybe paired with Mara or an Aribo, someone like that just up top and and kind of, yeah, actually put pressure on them, you know, as we've done towards the end of both of our, our most recent games. Because I think we'd all agree that in our last two games, we've started pretty slowly and haven't really imposed ourselves until we've needed to. What I'd like to see on Saturday specifically is is kind of, yeah, the opposite of that, where we really impose ourselves on United because their confidence right now is so low. And as we touched on, there's a game tomorrow, which who knows how they'll react, but it's an opportunity to beat them and to put seven points on the board from our first four games, which I think if you looked at those four games coming into the season, you probably wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, um, I mean, a lot of it rests on tomorrow night. If they go, if they go into the game on Saturday with no points from the first three games, they're going to be on, bang under pressure from the, from the minute from the word go. I mean, I don't. I personally don't think we'll beat them. I just, I just have it in my head that we don't. We just don't beat Man United at home. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I was there a few years ago. And we beat them at Old Trafford when Austin scored. But other than that, I've just, it's just been our, our record against them is pretty miserable. Well, our record against them at Old Trafford is a lot better than it is at St Mary's anyway. So my, I just, just hope we give it a good go, and. Yeah, if we can get if, if we do get the win, then great. Seven points from four games, you said from the, the fixtures we've had. I mean, I probably would have I would have expected maybe a win against Leeds and maybe a draw yesterday against Leicester, but to have it that way round is, is great. And uh, yeah, it's a game we sh- we, sh- we shouldn't fear them. They got nothing in that that team should fear us. Obviously, they got Cristiano Ronaldo, but he shouldn't fear us. We shouldn't fear him. He's obviously one of the greatest players of all time, but he is what he is now. He's not going to be killing us with pace. They'll have players like a Sancho, like a Rashford, who are low on confidence, but they can obviously cause us massive problems. But yeah, it's a game that we should look at to pick up maximum points from. Agreed. Agreed, Samuel. And on the Ronaldo situation, just what a like, toxic situation that is turning out to be. Um yeah, who knows whether he'll he'll feature tomorrow and and against us. It's, I mean, still obviously the rumour exists that he really wants out and isn't part of really the, the sort of core group of players they've got there. I think the Casemiro one's a really interesting one. I'd be, intre- like, I'd be very intrigued if I was a neutral going to that game, just seeing how he will perform against us. Um, but I'm also, you know, as a Saints fan, just quite intrigued by that situation and how they're going to try and sort of, yeah, corrupt another 
pretty high profile transfer because yeah their their last one from Real Madrid that supposedly was going to sort out their defense has not gone so well whether that's a Varane problem or a you know more a Manchester United problem I think it's probably the latter but you just don't trust the the sort of network of that team and and ultimately the even the management even though it's a new manager to to properly get the best out of the players right now whether that changes across the season there's probably not really a better time to play them yeah you got have you got a prediction Saints don't keep clean sheets, so United will score. We will score. I think I'm going two one Saints. Okay, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one one. I just don't think I just don't think we'll beat them, but I'll go one one. Fine. Yeah. What is it? Am I thinking the right game here? What is the game where Schneiderlin scores? Was that against United? Like a weird sort of header. Yeah, that was the Van Persie hat-trick game. That yeah. was the Van Persie hat-trick. I knew that when you said that, I was like, at what point was that? Obviously, had the famous Dusan Tadic shirt off 1-0 at Old Trafford as well, didn't we? But like you say, it's a long time since we've gotten these three points. Yeah, and also we had that horrible day in 2005 where they beat us and sent us down. There's been... Yeah, it's been some pretty miserable days getting to the home. So let's, uh, let's hope you hope can put it right on, on Saturday. Indeed, Samuel. Well, that is all we've got for you, listener. Thank you very much for staying the course. We will likely be back next week, but if not, it's going to be a two-week break because I am off to a mate's wedding in, in Spain. So, yeah. I'll enjoy that. I'm actually off to the new camp, Sam, on Sunday night, a week. Very today. nice. Very nice. Have you ever been? Yes, I went I went about four or five years ago. They played they played eyeball and Messi scored four. So that was a, that was quite nice. Oh. You know what? I think that's probably one of my biggest regrets in my life. Me and a couple of mates were looking at potentially a you know a Paris trip or something to see him, but the fact I've never seen him. So, yeah, congrats to you on that front, Sam. I may well tap you up for some some tips on navigating the new camp, etc. Yeah, sounds good. All right, wonderful. Well, off the back of our first run of the season, Marching in Pod is back now weekly. So stay tuned, listener, and speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.